Hello out there, Team NXT CD. Danny Mac here bringing you episode 82 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. Happy Takeover Week. Happy WrestleMania weekend. It is Thursday, April 4th, and we are just about 24 hours away even from NXT TakeOver New York, also known to some people's heads as NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 5, Tomato, Potato, Tomato, Tomato, Potato, Potato, doesn't really matter, it's a TakeOver spectacle on WrestleMania weekend, boy the hype train has left the station for me quite some time ago, but unfortunately that hype train taking a little bit of a detour with the injury of Tommaso Ciampa and the now vacant NXT Championship, but, and that's a big but, the NXT TakeOver New York card does not seem to have suffered as much. Yes, the DIY saga is once again put on hold, but we have huge TakeOver matches, Fatal 4-Way for the women's title with Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, and Bianca Belair, Matt Riddle versus Velveteen Dream, the War Raiders versus the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners, Ricochet and Black, and that's the match I'm going to be kicking things off with. And of course, a huge NXT UK matchup where Pete Dunne will defend his over 600-day reign as champion against the ring general Walter, a match that European wrestling as a whole has been clamoring for. So I'm going to dive into predictions this episode. I am covering this past week's NXT action on April 3rd as well as that would make it March 26th, if my memory... March 27th, 27th, I remember because uh, my dog had that med- has his medicine that day. Anyway, March 27th, April 3rd editions of NXT. Let's dive right into them. Ends probably after the social media plugs. I'll, uh, I'll give a couple WrestleMania predictions and takes on that as well. I really like to discuss main roster for the big four pay-per-views. A little bit at the tail end. But I know what you guys are here for. Let's start the NXT discussion with a major promo to start off that March 27th edition of NXT TV with now number one contender, Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole victorious over four other deserving superstars, the North American champion, Velveteen Dream, Aleister Black, Ricochet, and the not pinfalled in singles competition, Matt Riddle. So any one of those men could have been an acceptable opponent for Johnny Gargano in my eyes. But Adam Cole kind of leaves it the most unpredictable. Aleister Black and Ricochet, they don't want to divide their tag team attention, even if it is for the NXT Championship. I don't think it does either of those guys any justice, especially with their main roster exposure. And for crying out loud, they're going to have a match at WrestleMania also. So those guys working two takeover matches... And WrestleMania weekend, of course, this was presumably at this point, I didn't actually know they were going to be on the card yet, but you could see the writing on the walls. Aleister Black and Ricochet not not fading away from their tag team compatibility. Velveteen Dream, one champion, yes, a man who could definitely see himself decorated in gold, and quite frankly has the talent to do so. I really wanted to see him and Matt Riddle out of these guys lock up for the North American Championship And it also changes the structure within the Undisputed Era. Through Adam Cole winning this matchup, we had the tag team chemistry of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly able to work to almost full capacity. Good luck to Kyle O'Reilly in the Super Sweet 16 tournament in the UK for Progress's uh, tournament, I believe it is. So KOR working all over the countries. Bobby Fish still able to put in his tag team work. And Roderick Strong... This leaves Roderick Strong to be the best competitor for that North American Championship with Adam Cole able to shift his focus with his leadership role, not just with the era, but possible leadership role over all of NXT. Cole covers all the points in this promo and one I was going to mention, especially if he didn't mention it, Adam Cole's success in the Barclays Center. Adam Cole's, let's call it history, in the Barclays Center because he did lose that match for the North American Championship to Ricochet in a spectacular match there. But Adam Cole debuted by decimating 
a pretty big deal on the main roster right now. You may have heard of him. He's facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this weekend. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, a man who came back to WWE, make an impact, willingly going to NXT. That's how much that brand meant to him. That's how much that title reign meant to him. And Adam Cole was the one walking out of the Barclays Center with his hands and head held high. So Adam Cole, with that one debut, already made his intentions known that he will and wants to be the top dog of this brand sooner rather than later. That was already NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 at this point. He worked through four of NXT's best, I mentioned it before, and according to Adam Cole, he had one million reasons why he can beat Johnny Gargano. And through reasoning, millions of them, he called out Johnny Gargano face-to-face, and I thought it was a very good move. We needed as much face-to-face interaction with these two, especially with how the circumstances have changed. They were able to build this match so successfully with just this one promo. And the crowd felt it too. The crowd was Johnny wrestling, Adam Cole chanting for what kind of felt like post-WrestleMania Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker sort of long. That heat was burning hot for both of these competitors. Johnny Gargano vows that he will give Adam Cole the absolute fight of his life. The path no longer goes through his former DIY brethren into Maso Champa, whether you like the circumstances or not, and I can't imagine anybody does. But Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, two out of three falls, a match with a huge amount of potential. Johnny Takeover brings his talents back to the Barclays Center, and I just so happen to be representing and wearing the very first TakeOver Johnny Gargano had merch in NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. It was DIY versus The Revival, and if you've listened to this podcast before, that very match is why I'm sitting here and discussing NXT with you today. After watching that instant classic go down, all I was able to think to myself is, man, I need more people than just my best friend Nick sitting next to me to discuss NXT with. And I figured there's no exclusive podcast for NXT at this point, and uh, especially not the longest reigning uh, independently produced one, as I happen to be right now. Anyway, enough putting myself over. Let's put over the two talents competing for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole is not scared of Johnny Gargano's win-loss record, especially at these TakeOver events. Johnny Gargano actually mentioning himself in a Facebook video, or I'm sure at this point all of WWE's social media platforms video, that he acknowledges that he tapped out NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, his first singles match at a TakeOver with Andrade Cien Almas, also not going the way he planned because of his history with DIY. Zelina Vega with the brilliant distraction of a DIY t-shirt thrown at Johnny Wrestling's head. So Adam Cole attempting, and you may not see it because Johnny is Johnny's always looking determined, especially how long he's been chasing this title, but that may have gotten into that man's head. What if he won't be able to pull off the big one in a stadium where he doesn't exactly have the most amount of success? But Johnny Gargano, determination is, it's the best word and probably my favorite word to describe him. He goes well back to June 2015 and just 15 years of the business of taking no for an answer, even when it came to the no answers he would get from WWE and just fought for his spot and to be here and perform in front of all of us. The takeover accolades, yeah, his win-loss record isn't the best, but he wasn't handed anything. He fought for every opportunity and Johnny Wrestling assures us that he will fight to be champion. And he's going to have to fight and be successful a couple of times here, folks, because it's two out of three falls. And we know Adam Cole, the brilliant strategist and leader of the Undisputed Era, will not go just one man in the trenches. He has the aforementioned Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly in and around his corner. We may not see them at the beginning, Who knows, Adam Cole could give them a message like, I got this from here, boys. Unless you see me in trouble, 
then maybe come out from behind the curtain. You know, don't uh, don't spend too much time sitting and catering. But Gargano versus Cole, one-on-one, not always going to be the case in this matchup. And it's a lot of foreshadowing based on the undisputed fact of all of these guys standing at the top of the entrance ramp. I'll get a little bit more into that, although I did get a pretty decent amount of discussion out of that opening promo. Definitely going back to all of these major matchups when it comes down to predictions. And a little bit of foreshadowing in their own right. Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne seemingly taking this alliance into an official tag team. And they're a team I could see rising through the ranks. Maybe Aaliyah finally gets that confidence brought out in the way that Vanessa Bourne presents herself. And the bad and bougie vibe definitely vibes off each other. And this may be because I just listened to their podcast on the commute home, but I'm going to tail off just for a second here. Edge and Christian interviewed the bar, Seamus and Cesaro. This is a while back. I'm doing some doing some catching up and uh, kind of listening around to specific interviews I like. But Cesaro said it himself. He didn't expect to be in this tag team with Seamus, especially all that Seamus has accomplished individually. But Cesaro, through this tag team, is being presented a new confidence and able to develop in their presentation. And I really feel like that's what Vanessa Bourne is going to bring out of Aaliyah. Aaliyah has a lot of the tools, a lot of the NXT experience. If there is such a thing as an NXT veteran, she is probably the NXT veteran of the entire locker room at this point. Aaliyah and Bourne would take on Lacey Lane and Casey Catanzaro. Lacey and Casey already like that chemistry in the names. The rhyme scheme does it well, and uh, I'm a big fan of Casey Catanzaro. My father, first time seeing her, watching uh, watching NXT with me this past week. Also, immediately a fan, just based on the way, the unique way, that she enters the ring, climbing the turnbuckle post. I have never seen that, and uh, just about two decades of being a fan under my belt. Lacey Lane and Casey Catanzaro, two of my favorite respective Mae Young Classic 2 competitors. Aaliyah and Bourne, a new alliance not expected to take off. But all four of these women, Mae Young Classic competitors. And I definitely expect now Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne to take off. Mark my words on that one. Lacey Lane taking the brunt of, uh, of this matchup here. Really beat down by the bad and bougie offense in Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. Even in the delivery behind her moves, Ali is displaying more personality and trash-talking and really everything you want to see in a, in a developing heel. And the women's tag team division, it needs to start taking shape in NXT. The Iconics, the longest-tenured team on the roster, not even as far as I'm concerned. I believe that's a certified and bona fide fact here, Team NXT. The Iconics started well down in NXT when this was just... This was just a concept and an idea that everybody was thinking, you know, maybe what if. Now that there's official hardware, these teams need to start taking shape in these ways. And the way Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah just kind of came together through Vanessa Bourne spectating a match and introducing a little bit of help and just wanting to aid and really nurture that bad bitch confidence that Aaliyah seems to seems to be projecting as of late, I'm definitely all for it, and I cannot wait to see what other unique tag teams with character come up in this division. Casey and Lacey, I could see taken off, two very talented athletes, as I mentioned. Unfortunately, Casey not in this matchup. Things were cut short when the Queen's Army, Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke would storm the ring, and Aaliyah and Vanessa would bail, while Casey and Lacey were decimated. Baszler has a message through commentary, very upfront about it, that this will continue to happen as long as the champion is mistreated. Of course, she is referring to the fact that she will defend her NXT Women's Championship in a fatal four-way because she interfered in the possible number one contender scenario and nobody messes with Io Shirai without getting a little bit of Kyrie Sane on the side, the pirate is going to dock up to your ship if you try and take out one of her first mates. And that is all the nautical puns I have for this episode, maybe. So, not exactly a win, but definitely a message sent by the champion. And uh, 
I'm going to be closing out with a very unique situation. A lot. Raw and NXT ended with two extremely, well, featured. I feel like Raw should have ended with that amazing women's police segment. But NXT ending on a very strong note in this road to takeover for the ladies in the locker room. And I'm going to get to that in a second, right after I talk about Kona versus the Brona. Kona Reeves versus Matt Riddle. Kona Reeves making a return to NXT television that I'm not sure who asked for it. I'm pretty sure Full Sail didn't, but a lot of people on the Comedians of Wrestling podcast page seem to be, and I don't know if it's just irony or if you're actually fanboying for the flying finest Hawaiian but I'm, I'm all for it, guys. Keep up the social media outreach and uh, keep giving me reasons to plug this show. And shout out to everybody on the uh, in the Cow Nation out there. Finest? Kona Reeves? Really? Those sunglasses didn't exactly look like the finest. They looked like mediocre quality. And uh, I, I might be using that nicely there. You know the ones that you'll pick up in the dollar store? Like, I can't believe people walk into the dollar store to buy sunglasses. I think uh, I think Kona Reeves might be one of those people who walks into the dollar store to pick up some sunglasses. Matt Riddle, on the other hand, shining like a diamond. The king of bros, the original bro, whatever he's going by for now. Kona Reeves, off to a strong start, but nothing, nothing to last long enough against the former mixed martial arts octagon fighter. Losing the advantage to Matt Riddle, but the match would be interrupted by the C-H-A-M-P, the Velveteen D-R-E-A-M, appropriately rolling out on a velvet couch. Escorted, not really sure, well, escorted, I'm using that in the correct term, by two possible future NXT Women's Champions. I don't know if this is kind of like the Triple H WrestleMania entrance where Charlotte, Sasha, and Alexa... Literally, the futures of the division were out there in plain sight, hidden in plain sight, hidden in plain sight. I think that's how the expression goes. Uh, yeah, Dream was looking like a freaking... I know his his character was clearly inspired by, by Prince, but he looked like a prince with the title and the velvet couch ensconced in velvets, draped in velvets, and Dream doesn't care if it was socially acceptable or not. He is draped in velvet. The velvet couch, the lovely ladies, spectating his number one contendor. And Riddle able to overcome Reeves with the series of vicious elbows that laid out Cassius Ono and locking in the bro mission. And not only that, D-R-E-A-M would proudly announced the winner as Matthew Riddle, his next opponent successful here on NXT TV against the finest. The way Dream was escorted out, the way he cut off the ring announcer, there is, there are a few people you come across while watching wrestling that just jump out and scream, I have the it factor. And Velveteen Dream for as long as the character has existed, has shown that he is the it factor personified. And the fact that you hit your mid-20s and your late 20s and you start looking around the world of professional sports and professional wrestling and you realize, wow, I am, I'm older or just as old or not slightly behind any of the in-ring and on-the-field competitors and Dream is four years younger than me. Looks like that, speaks like that, has that kind of confidence. It really is inspirational to look up to somebody younger than you with so much potential and so much talent and can really make the North American Championship mean something. Matt Riddle, I respect his story. I respect what he's done outside and inside of professional wrestling. Another one I've listened to the Edge and Christian podcast uh, interview on. And uh, shout out to any hosers or Canadians that might be uh, might be listening to this one. I appreciate 
no matter where you are. If you're sitting around or commuting around or doing whatever you want. If I'm just background noise, I appreciate that too. Thank you for hitting that play button. Hopefully you're hitting that subscribe button also. Back to NXT coverage. Riddle would walk down to the ramp, take a sip of the Velveteen Dreams chalice. That's right, I don't think I mentioned that. He had a chalice with him. Velvet couch, beautiful woman, and the chalice filled with, I'm sure, the most upscale of beverages, even if it is just water. It uh, it was probably one of those really expensive $7 a bottle, whatever the hell it cost, Fiji bottles of water. Nevertheless, Matt Riddle, taking a sip of the chalice, short, sweet, to the point, and succinct, I'll see you in New York, bro. D-R-E-A-M versus the O-G-B-R-O. A match with the potential to steal all of WrestleMania weekends. A charismatic clash. Something I previously perceived as a possible triple threat match if Adam Cole wasn't featured in the NXT Championship. I really felt like the North American title is going to be built around those three guys. And then Adam Cole is... He's called up to pinch hit. He's knocking it out of the park. Two out of three falls against Johnny Gargano. So now we get a singles rivalry. Now we get more time to showcase the even more potential of the Velveteen Dream and to really give Matt Riddle a takeover spotlight in a championship matchup. His takeover debut was short, sweet, to the point, and very impressive, all wrapped into one. But now we are going to get to see the King of Bros really go during a takeover event. Cannot wait for that matchup. Let's jump into tag team action. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. I announced the winners, Aleister Black and Ricochet. But I do want to talk about this match. I want to talk about the Forgotten Sons. I want to make an unexpected point of the Forgotten Sons, and I'm not sure how many people may have noticed this because I'm just one of those weird, always looking out for the small little details in things. Drew McIntyre's Broken Dreams Titantron has been rehashed and given to the Forgotten Sons. The animation is the same, the font is the same, the background is the same. Just give a side-by-side comparison and really give a listen to Drew McIntyre's Broken Dreams theme song. I really think it's one that I would like to see jump back into rotation, but... I don't think the Scottish psychopath is changing a thing about himself at this rate. So just a tiny tidbit of what I noticed with the Titantron this past NXT's episode. Not just about the trophy. This this match was not just about the trophy. It was, if anybody didn't see it, WWE.com put up a video of Aleister Black and Ricochet beat down last week. Well, the previous week, if I'm talking about the 27th, I'm talking about the March 20th edition of NXT. Beat down at the hands of the Forgotten Sons, kicking them while they were down, looking to make a name at the expense of the guys who are on Raw and SmackDown right now, and competing for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. The one and only Ricochet, the man who walks the gray area of life, Aleister Black. I am fired up this week, Team NXT, and I'm only, I'm only, I'm still working towards the April third edition of NXT. So here we go. Tag Team Classic Dusty Rhodes Cup at stake. Really liked this match. A lot of fun. A good showing for the Forgotten Sons. I saw a lot of people wondering why the Forgotten Sons went over Mustache Mountain, former NXT Tag Team Champions, and probably rightfully so, NXT UK Tag Team Champions, and why the Forgotten Sons would make it to the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. They're looking to build another stable. I respect what Wesley Blake has done in the past. He is a former NXT Tag Team Champion in his own right. You wouldn't know it based on the yin and yang complete opposite sides of the spectrum in their career parallels, but he was tag team partners with the juggernaut of 205 Live, the unstoppable Buddy Murphy. The Blake and Murphy factor featuring Alexa Bliss was quite the hot act. In 2015, folks, great tag team match at the first TakeOver Brooklyn against the Vaudevillains. Now 205 Live commentator Aiden English and Simon Gotch, who is always recommending 
himself, I'm not sure if it's him recommending himself, but YouTube has always recommended me to watch that Simon Gotchberry's Enzo Amore video, and I think that recommendation in and of itself has become a meme at this point, because I've noticed I'm not the only one who has this this problem with their social media interactions when they just want to watch a couple wrestling videos. Anyway, back to the match itself. You cannot Hurricane Ron or Ricochet. You can't Powerbomb Kidman, and you can't Hurricane Rana Ricochet. And if you don't believe me, ask the guy I just mentioned, Wesley Blake. Ricochet landing on his feet. Great, great stuff. Wild, fast-paced. What an ending. It's the Black Mass beginning at 6.30, and it's over. We have Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners in another what some, and I definitely do, at first, a makeshift tag team. And even this one, probably more than Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe teaming together, you could kind of feel that it was leaning towards a split, and it was leaning towards them using this to build their singles rivalry, eventually for one of the absolute best and most shocking rivalries involving the NXT Championship. Um, Aleister Black and Ricochet, they seem to be in this for the long run, or at least as long as the main roster wants to keep them together. Dusty Rhodes Finals winners, the Cup winners, going to take over New York to face the War Raiders. I'm going to talk about Harry Hansen and Rampaging Roe in a little bit. But Black and Ricochet, I didn't expect to enjoy this tag team as much as I am. It's the yin and yang personalities, Somehow, the radically different ways they're presented in their singles entrances also makes this more appealing, and just the fact that they're able to adapt and really, really create some unique tandem offense that gets the crowd going, and the moonsaults, and the the badass Zazen uh, pretzel sitting, for lack of a better term. Zazen is, is a martial arts term for the way Alistair Black sits. It's... That accompanied by Ricochet's badass superhero like freaking Spider-Man just dropped in on it's it's awesome. It's unexpected and it's awesome. Both of these guys, rightfully so, will have great singles careers. And they should. And Ricochet, a former NXT North American champion, dethroning now number one contender for the NXT title, Adam Cole, to get that honor. Ricochet's got a lot of fire. Aleister Black, undefeated streak in NXT, NXT Rivalry of the Year with the Velveteen Dream. I could list both of these guys. You just kind of wake up one day and realize they're they're in my top five favorite wrestlers. I don't know when it happens. I can't give you an exact date on that. But all of a sudden, it was like, wow, Aleister Black is is my second favorite behind Seth Rollins, and it's it's great. The striking ability of Black, the high flying ability of Ricochet. I really can't spend enough time putting over this tag team as long as it exists, and I'm not setting it for a deadline, I'm just kind of hoping that it leads towards an amicable split, I don't want to see any side turn sour on the other one, because Aleister Black walks that gray area, but he's a babyface, he's appealing to the crowd, the moonsaults and the feeding to the crowd, and just the way he's just that Instagram post that he made when he won the NXT Championship, showing us his human side as one who suffers with anxiety and relating to us like that. Incredible stuff. Ricochet. Screams crowd favorite. He's got kids jumping out of their seats, and he's got guys in their late 20s and older than me, just ask my father, jumping out of their seats, wondering how the hell did he do that. I haven't seen anything for the first time out of a superstar since I was watching Rey Mysterio in the 90s. That's almost a direct quote from my dad. Ricochet is awesome. Aleister Black is awesome. Two awesomes make an awesome team sometimes. Unexpected chemistry. I'm glad it took off. I'm hoping this WrestleMania weekend may be a curtain call with an amicable split. But that's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Looking forward to the War Raiders at TakeOver New York. Going to start this April 3rd discussion of NXT with the War Raiders. They dominated this first team. I didn't even get their names because I was too busy eating. And sometimes 
I deprive myself of commentary because chewing and eating your dinner or snacks is just, it's just more important. But these two poor souls, looking like the two guys victimized by Braun Strowman, the Michael Che and Colin Jost fill-in role, absolute destruction by Hanson and Rowe on this first team. The first message was sent, bring out the next set of victims. And this next set of victims was a team, well, up until this point, I had very high hopes for in the near future, but you never know, it's still entirely possible. The Brazilian brawlers, Adrian Jauda and Cesar Bononi. I actually had to type out how to pronounce Adrian Jauda. Because I kept pronouncing Jaud or my some some sort of twist on it. I don't know. I, my high school French lessons were competing with the Portuguese South American proper pronunciation of his name. But Cesar and Adrian were in for a rude awakening that would soon put them both to sleep. Power display by the War Raiders clearly trying to send a message successfully to Aleister Black and Ricochet, two guys who, if I'm being generous, have a bit of a diminutive size disadvantage when it comes to Hanson and Rowe. These, simply put, are huge men. I don't remember what episode of Raw that was quoting Michael Cole from, but uh, let's put this in perspective. These are huge men, and the War Raiders dominant over these two Brazilians. Roe pretty much doing it himself with a power slam, power bomb combination. Domination over two teams. The Raiders in a tough spot only when it comes to being at odds with the crowd. These guys are going up against, and you heard me marking out for Aleister Black and Ricochet these past couple minutes. There's a lot of pro wrestling fans at this moment that agree with me, and I'm sure a lot of them reside within the NXT universe. Hanson and Rowe are up against some tough odds when it comes to the crowd favoritism. So that's probably their biggest worry going into TakeOver, but Aleister Black and Ricochet are going to give them an interesting fight. It's going to be another NXT Tag Team Championship match with lots of potential to be that dark horse that steals the entire TakeOver event. And I hope it starts off the match. I hope for Aleister Black and Ricochet's stake, it starts off the evening because I want those guys to get as much rest going into WrestleMania as they possibly can. Moving on, though, I discussed it before, and I'm not really talking NXT UK as much as I should be because I only, I sparingly, if I'm being perfectly honest with your team, watch it because right after NXT, I walk the dog and then do God knows what to get ready for work the next day. And it airs at 3 p.m. when I'm at work and you can't really watch pro wrestling at your desk without giving the wrong or less than proper impression to your boss. So that is what it is. But I watched enough, I know that on January 12th, the 600 plus day reign of Pete Dunne would be in jeopardy when Walter arrives. And I did manage to watch the contract signing between Pete Dunne and Walter, and that's really all the leg I have to stand on when it comes to discussing what is sure to be a David versus Goliath matchup, even though the toughness level of Pete Dunne is through the roof. Dunn wants to prove himself this championship reign. It's not a fluke. It's been going on since TakeOver Chicago. Oh, that wasn't too long ago. TakeOver Chicago won in 2017. Oh, yeah, that was that was a little while ago. That was a while ago. Pete Dunn has been dominant since then. He's gone through larger opponents. He's gone through the last King of Scotland in Wolfgang. He's gone against the tougher, in my opinion, of the two Coffee brothers in Joe Coffee, and successfully defending that United Kingdom championship against those two men, Tyler Bates, a slew 
of other worthy competitors. My favorite in the NXT UK division, the pop punk loving stage diving high five and Mark Andrews. Great match with him in this Pete Dunne title reign, but it is definitely in the most jeopardy I have seen it in. Walter is a huge competitor. His chops cave in your chest. They send ringing through the audience ears and I'm sorry, Pete, but that's something I'm kind of looking forward to seeing in person for the first time. One Walter-sized chop. Great promo, though. Love the video package, especially for those who uh, who may not be as NXT UK savvy. Able to display Pete Dunne's title reign successfully and also gave us a glimpse at what the ring General Walter is all about. And another really good plug... The Performance Center plug this week on NXT TV. Showing not just what physical talents are developed there, and how many rings there are, and what other tools go into creating this masterpiece of a facility, but the fact that some of our favorite loving relationships in pro wrestling started there, or have become enhanced there, or have been reunited because of there, it it really tugged at your heartstrings. It was inspirational. I enjoyed it, and... uh You really don't have to do much more to put over the place that is building the best brand in professional wrestling. And I don't think it was coincidental that after that kind of lovey-dovey performance center plug, Candice LeRae would appear. Candice LeRae, who has sadly been treated like a sidecar Mrs. Gargano, as far as NXT stories go, I... Really enjoyed the work in this whole DIY saga. Candice's involvement was necessary when it was necessary, but sometimes it felt oversaturated and overbooked. But I liked this week. She gave her quick thoughts about Johnny. She's wishing her husband, obviously, the best of luck going against Adam Cole in this match. But Candice is focused on Candice now, and I like that. Candice LeRae, one of my favorite female wrestlers. One of my favorite women's wrestlers. I don't quite know how to say that properly without uh, without annoying anybody. Let's call them women's superstars. Candice LeRae is one of my favorite women's superstars. Even before she was fortunately signed and aforementioned reunited with her love, Johnny Gargano, through, the, through NXT and the Performance Center. So Candice wishing her husband the best of luck, but then saying straight up, I am determined to hold gold of my own, wanting to be a champion in WWE. Obviously, starting and stating a claim to that NXT Women's Championship. And Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne, like I said, foreshadowing before, Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne giving a give-up-loser sort of bullying Mean Girls speech at Candice LeRae, and the vision envisions a failure in Candice LeRae. Candice, able to fire back on all cylinders, says they should know what being a failure feels like. Knows a thing or two about not having the best win-loss record. I I mentioned Aaliyah as an NXT veteran. She didn't get there by winning a share of matches. Vanessa Bourne, still putting the tools together herself, coming close to some Major League victories over NXT Women's Championship number one contenders, but neither of these women have exactly the best record. Candice calling that out. I really enjoyed it. But Candice will vow to knock Aaliyah on her bougie ass, and we're going to get to see that next week. Going to get to see Candice LeRae live. I'll be there because we know, well, if you don't know, now you're going to know, Next week will be the TakeOver pre-show, but it's the post-show because it's next week. It's filmed before TakeOver, getting us hyped, and those two matches will include the Street Profits versus Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, the European Union in tag team action, and Candice LeRae versus Aaliyah. Will Aaliyah get knocked on her bougie ass? And I'm a fan of alliteration. I would have really marked out for bougie butt, just just kind of one man's opinion, but also getting to hear the more vulgar term, especially out of Candice LeRae, 
feels just a little bit of a shock that it's that it's out of character. Candace LeRae swearing, it's it's not exactly what he expects out of the wife of the biggest babyface in, in all of NXT, especially based that she has been booked as pretty much just the wife of the biggest babyface in NXT. But Candace getting her own spotlight to shine in Brooklyn as well, Candace versus Aaliyah next week. Getting a lot of discussion here, guys. I uh, thank you for listening again, ladies and gentlemen. You, uh, If you've listened to me before, you know I do like to keep this show a little bit concise, able pretty much to get you from uh, from home to work or work to home, however you listen to me. But if you got a little bit of an hour to spare, I feel like this show is going to be pretty long, especially considering it's the last stop to take over New York. I'm covering two weeks of NXT. So if you made it this far, 40 minutes in, I know this is around my usual deadline. I'm going to be wrapping it up soon, right after predictions, but I can't pass over a hard-hitting matchup in Oni Lorcan versus Jackson Riker. And Colin can't either, right, buddy? Where are you going? What you doing? Going to get water? Yeah, go drink your water. I'm going to do the same. Jackson Riker versus Oni Lorcan in a power versus persistence Matchup, Jackson Riker, the muscle of the Forgotten Sons. I really feel like he pieced it together this week. I feel like he definitely looked better against Oni Lorcan than just tossing around a jobber. Somehow it was more believable. I think Riker looked, he looked probably his best during this matchup. That, of course, attributes a bunch to how talented Oni Lorcan is. Oni Lorcan with some recent appearances on 205 Live. So I feel like he could be out of his NXT tenure soon. And I could only imagine that puts Danny Burch in a position to move on to NXT UK. Or possibly both these guys bringing it their tag team talents somewhere. I don't want to see one-two punch ends, but who knows what is next for Oni Lorcan. Oni Lorcan kind of feels like more so than Danny Burch on his way out. Uh, really putting over Jackson Riker here, like I said offense looked really, really good. The Riker size advantage was so distinct, but Oni Lorcan does not back down from a single challenge. And Danny Burch doesn't back down from two men on the outside. The two men who competed in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, aiming to interfere here. But Danny Burch, the veteran, he'll, uh, He'll step out to both of you, and the tough Englishman would really keep those guys at bay for most of the matchup, really attributes the toughness of Danny Birch. Like, like I said, Riker looks a lot better with real opponents than just chucking jobbers around and about. Only Lorcan did not back down. Lorcan able to slap the taste out of Riker's mouth like we all enjoy watching, but it was just not enough. The power would come into play in the form of a new finisher. A choke slam set up to a sit-out spinebuster called No Remorse and Forgotten No More would be Jackson Riker. I really like this new finish. I think it's way less clunkier than attempting to springboard and powerbomb somebody when it's very obviously doctored footage on NXT television because you got to get your finisher right. That's a major clue to maybe change up the arsenal just a little bit. I really like this move. It looks powerful. Only Orkin took it like a million bucks. And Forgotten Sons, they're, uh, they're on their upswing again. Unfortunately... Making it and not successfully winning the Dusty Cup. But Jackson Riker gaining them a singles victory. I think Cutler and Blake won't be won't be sitting on the sidelines too much longer. And if these guys keep generating the heat that they are, I I really think it's working. I really I think that more stables are gonna step up because who knows where the undisputed era is gonna be in in pretty it's, it's got to be due soon, right? Kind of passing the reins of the dominant stable in NXT. They promised draped in gold in 2019. Gives Forgotten Sons quite the amount of time to build themselves up. While Adam Cole 
Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish attempt to claim all of the treasure in NXT. And I wanted to make that treasure segue because I want to talk about Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair next. There were a couple promo videos, and I do want to go back to those when I do my NXT TakeOver New York predictions. Triple H flashing back all the way to the Fatal 5-Way and the unfortunate announcement of Tommaso Ciampa. Riddle versus Dream. Another really good package. Oh, here's something I almost didn't talk about. That's uh, That would have been really, really unfortunate because it's a rematch I'm really looking forward to. Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee. I can't believe this match was five weeks ago already. It just seems like NXT is always hitting us with major league main events. This match, the only main events to come to a draw and really, in recent history, want you aching for more. Let these two hosses fight. Let these two big men who move like guys half their size, let them fly around and fight. This is a great rivalry. This is the rematch I really wish was a part of the NXT TakeOver pre-show, post-show, folks, because selfishly enough, and I'm sorry to anybody who goes to the Full sale tapings out there, but that's a match I wanted to see in person for myself. But we learned through Keith Lee and his eloquence that he showed up to William Regal's office, what appeared to be bright and early too, based on when this was filmed and, uh, and the atmosphere and what the sky looked like did not back down and stood up and really took initiative. And in his eloquence delivering that it will not be next week, but in two weeks we will see a rematch between Dijakovic and Lee. That's a match. If you missed the first one, that one came to a draw. And restart the match was chanted. And usually that leads to a boo, and that's it. But restart the match chants... It was that good, and that's a match I really look forward to seeing again. Moving back to my treasure segue, Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair for momentum heading in to take over and the Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair still undefeated in her mind, and Kyrie Sane the first ever May Young Classic winner. It was the Sane Speed versus the brute strength of Belair. And Kyrie Sane displaying that speed right off the bat with a really hot start. The strength of Bianca Belair would turn it around. It really made for a great back and forth matchup. But just like all recent history, Shayna Baszler fulfilling her promise that matches will end just as they expected with the Queen's Army interfering with the assault by Duke, Shafir, and the women's champion, Shayna Baszler. However, the uprising, what felt like a coup against a dictator, like off with the head of the king slash queen of spades in this circumstance, a locker room uprising, There were so many names out there, I I can't even get specific without worrying that I'll forget somebody and hurt their feelings if they're hypothetically listening to this podcast. A locker room, everybody who Shayna Baszler has attempted to step on and push out of her way and injure in the past. That's how many talents were out there. And the one who would stand tall is the high-flying EO Shirai. Io Shirai, the final piece to that fatal four-way puzzle, making her presence known with another... I don't know how she do, how she does this. I can barely get my, get my knee up to my chest while wearing a pair of jeans. Io Shirai is doing moonsaults in a pair of jeans and her branded t-shirt for what is most shockingly not the first time. Incredible stuff. Io Shirai, what a talent... As somebody who has also been a lifelong Rey Mysterio fan, she's she's got to be one of my favorites. Standing tall with that NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Pro Wrestling 101 says that foreshadowing isn't that great, but I really think she's my fan favorite going into this one. 
And I might as well start the predictions right now with that fatal four-way. Brief reminder, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Bianca Belair, defending champion Shayna Baszler, in a fatal four-way, not falling under the same circumstances as other fatal four-ways have in the past. Ember Moon winning a fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Championship that was vacant at the time. Going back further than that, Asuka wanting to take on all comers and defend her NXT Women's Championship. Shayna, on the other hand, and the other hand might even be too close, on the other side of the universe, Shayna Baszler just throwing her weight around, bullying her way through opponents, just making this self, self-discovered self claim that nobody is worthy of stepping up to her and her dominant, admittedly first-ever, second-time NXT Women's Championship run. Shayna not happy with the fact that she's facing three opponents. And, this is, and I think Io Shirai can walk out with the championship, but I don't think Shayna Baszler will be pinned or submitted in the decision. That's the asterisk I want to put on this prediction. I think Io Shirai walks away by pinning... I think Bianca Belair is going to get pinned. I think this undefeated mindset is going to stake with her. I think it's it's all part of the EST and the confidence and the character that she brings. But I think that Bianca Belair is going to be pinned in the decision and we finally just make this undefeated ending be more official rather than I could have beaten Baszler. If you look back at the footage, she had the she had the seconds. She might have had an old school Biggie Langston and late rest in peace King Kong Bundy five count in uh in that first attempt at her NXT women's championship number one contender opportunity. So that's my big prediction. Io Shirai is my pick, but one thing I want to predict most of all, I do think Bianca Belair will be pinned in this match. And hey, with the attention and the deserved attention that WrestleMania's main event with Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and and Becky Lynch is going to get, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, and Io Shirai are not going to these four women are so incredibly talented. There's no way it's going to be. There's no way they're they're just going to let that not be in their heads. Women are main eventing WrestleMania for the first time ever. The couple nights before that, the women are going to lay it all out on the line. I have very high hopes for that fatal four way match. Jumping over across the ponds now, Pete Dunn's over 600 day title reign, 635. Day? Who knows how long Pete Dunne has... Well, let's, let's find out. Let's find out. Maybe Google has an answer for me. How long has Pete Dunne been United Kingdom champion? Okay, something went wrong, folks. Okay, uh, let's... Let's start talking about the match instead. And uh, maybe maybe I'll get an answer by the time I'm I'm through with my prediction here. Pete Dunne's, I can say this with certainty, Pete Dunne's championship reign as United Kingdom champion is in the most jeopardy it has ever been in. Walter is the most intimidating, and I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe is Pete Dunne's most experienced opponent right now, I think. I believe he has the most experience out of anybody. It's granted I'm I'm not caught up with my European United Kingdom talents, so shout out to anybody who can listen to this and give me a definitive answer on that. But I think Walter I think Walter can do it. I think Walter, given his size and just given the brute strength and just given the confidence and composure, that's what really impresses me. The way Walter composes himself. And the cold, hard stare that probably hits you in the eyes as hard as his chops hit you in the chest. That's what I believe Walter brings to the table. And that's what I think might shut down Pete Dunne. 
I think Walter is going to go in this way calmer. I think Pete Dunne is a bit more of a loose cannon and will get desperate early to figure out how to defeat the bigger opponent. And it's it's going to get in the longest reigning champion in recent WWE history's head. And Pete Dunne's title reign might just end in the Barclays Center. I don't want it to happen. I'm going to be sitting there. I'm going to be chanting bruiserweight, but I'm not I'm not doing a prediction show with my heart here, guys. I'm doing one with my head. I think Walter is going to be deemed the new United Kingdom champion at the end of this match. Moving back to tag team action, Aleister Black and Ricochet, the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Cup and contenders for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against... Shinsuke, what are they doing with him? Nakamura. Rusev, is it still Rusev Day? Going against the bar and the Usos in a triple threat tag team match? Triple threat tag team match? I I think so. It it might. It might be. I'm not sure. I uh I, I might have to take a look at the card here. There's there I believe there's another team. I do. I think that Aleister Black... I think it's a fatal four-way. I think it's a fatal... Who am I forgetting? Usos, Ricochet, Aleister Black, The Bar, and Shinsuke, what are they doing with him, Nakamura, and Rusev, is it still Rusev Day? There's the full read off the main roster card that I'm sure none of you are here to sit here and listen to me read off. Anyway, back to the TakeOver match. Those two guys are facing Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders like I discussed prior. And I think Aleister Black and Ricochet will find success this weekend. But I don't believe it will be against the War Raiders. I think that Aleister Black and Ricochet will lose against the War Raiders, but somehow overcome the odds in a fatal four-way match to be an admittedly unexpected winner on the WrestleMania card. So that's my prediction for both of their matches this weekend. I am going to get to see Aleister Black and Ricochet in action live twice within three days. That's that's truly a blessing from the professional wrestling gods. That's that's going to be great. Raiders versus Ricochet and Black, is, that's going to be a match to tear the house down. And a charismatic clash with just as much, possibly even more potential, to be match of the weekend. Matt Riddle, the original bro, versus the North American C-H-A-M-P, the Velveteen D-R-E-A-M. Love Riddle. Love Dream. Two guys. Very inspiring stories. Great attitudes. Great characters. But Dream's takeover experience and being in the spotlight and doing whatever it takes to hold on to that championship... I think is going to lead to the King of Bros' first singles loss on NXT. I think Velveteen Dream retains. I think Dream is going to get the chance to show even more what he can do with a piece of hardware around his waist and his shoulder. I think Dream is going to get more time to prove what he can do as champion, but I don't think the chase is over for Matt Riddle. I think Matt Riddle is going to stay on the grind to get that North American Championship I think he's going to hold it. He might even hold it by next takeover. But I really think Velveteen Dream is going to win here. Get a couple more months to prove what he can do as a champion, as a representation of a brand. And then he's going to get his respected call-up. Also, a major reason why I predict Velveteen Dream is a selfish reason of I don't want him to get lost in the recent NXT call-up shuffle. What is EC3 doing up there? What is Heavy Machinery doing to be serious competitors? Where is Nikki Cross when it comes to the landscape of Sanity? That Sanity is losing three-on-one Falls Count Anywhere handicap matches to The Miz. A chaos-ridden environment that Sanity should be thriving in. And they lose to The Miz? Eric Young, of all people, the mastermind of Sanity getting pinned in that match? Nikki Cross, nowhere to be found. There's no stability. What brand is anybody on? What's anybody in the most recent class of call-ups creative direction 
with the exception of Aleister Black and Ricochet as a tag team. I don't see it. I don't want Dream to go up too soon. I don't want Dream to get lost in this recent shuffle. When Velveteen Dream goes to the main roster, it needs to be a pivotal event, and it needs to show that this kid is the future of this brand, whatever brand he gets called up to first. I personally have no preference at this point. But when Dream gets called up, it needs to be special. And I think this Matt Riddle rivalry needs to continue just a little bit. I expect good chemistry just based on their verbal exchanges. Can only imagine what they're going to do physically back and forth given the proper amount of time with the prestigious North American Championship on the line. But the D-R-E-A-M's T-I-T-L-E-R-E-I-G-N is not over. Wow, a lot of of five-letter words there. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Moving on. Moving to the main event. Adam Cole, baby, leader of the Undisputed Era, looks to send an undisputed message to Johnny Takeover, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Kick'em in the Ding Ding, Another Edge and Christian reference. Johnny Gargano, two out of three falls, not the NXT Championship match we expected. We could dwell on this forever, but the context, and context is king. Shout out to 83 Weeks also. Context is king. This is the best NXT Championship match we could probably be given due to the circumstances. Adam Cole stepping up into the spotlight of the major title having to leave his reclaiming the North American Championship aspirations behind for now, stepping into the spotlight, successful in a fatal five-way match, taking on Johnny Gargano. Can Johnny right his wrongs in the Barclays Center? Can Adam Cole fulfill the prophecy that was just announced a little, little under a year and a half ago? NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Adam Cole stood tall. He picked up the NXT Championship for the first time. This will be his first direct interaction with it since then. Can he fulfill his destiny? Can Johnny Gargano finally claim what's his? This is the toughest prediction. I'm going to say... I'm saying it with my heart. My rebel heart. Johnny Gargano becomes NXT Champion. It's not the experience... I expected. It's not the way I anticipated it happening, but I really do think that the destiny becomes fulfilled. I think there is... If we're going to put all of the hardships that Tommaso Ciampa, the Black Hearts, gave Johnny Gargano and personify them any other way to overcome and to persevere and to finally capture that NXT championship, it's going to be overcoming... Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and his official opponent, Adam Cole. Not just once, but twice out of three. So Gargano wins, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a four-person outcome and overcome. But I do think Johnny Gargano wins, and I think that we get sent home happy from the Barclays Center. But I am also... I'm also okay. I could watch Johnny Gargano chase the NXT Championship forever. I can root for him every step of the way, like I have been. And it would not diminish my fandom at all. I would rather watch Johnny Gargano chase the championship than get wasted any other way. And I really feel like his saga can not come to an end. It can be satisfactory when it finally does spread out the proper amount of time. But we did already see it happen once with an untimely injury. Not sure if this second untimely injury will step in the way any longer. And I think that Johnny Gargano really has the chance to fulfill that destiny and become the face of NXT and become NXT champion. Please reach out to me and give me your NXT TakeOver New York thoughts. I'm going to be posting up some prediction polls probably Friday afternoon. I'm going to be, during my lunch break, all I'm going to be doing is keeping my hype in check. So I'm going to need an outlet for it. And that outlet is going to be in a series of Twitter polls. 
and I'll keep them going from probably about 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to, it's possible, earlier than that. And uh, But just, just give a check for them around 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Regardless, they're going to be ending at 7 p.m. when NXT TakeOver New York is slated to start. Please reach out to me on the Twitter and make your voice heard. Give a vote and feel free to leave a comment on those polls as well. But you gotta follow me on Twitter first, at podcast underscore UF. Twitter is my main form of social media outreach. I try and live tweet to the best of my ability. I like to give follows and shoutouts and however I can. I, I love Team NXT. Shout out to everybody listening. Thank you so much for the social media interaction. At Undisputed, future podcast, all one word is the Instagram. I will be posting my usual takeover picture of the entrance ramp. You'll see wrestling memes up there. You'll see pictures of the Velveteen Dog Colin. And just stay tuned. It's WrestleMania weekends. Uh, Some really good pictures are going to be going up, not just for takeover, but WrestleMania Sunday as well. Join the... Brief following on Facebook and follow me. Give me a like on the Facebook page. Just search Undisputed Future Podcast. It is my least used form of social media, admittedly, for uh, for just personal preference and personal reasons. But the important part is how you're listening to me. No matter how you're doing it, please rate and subscribe. Subscribe primarily. You don't have to rate the show unless it's five stars. And if you don't feel like it's five stars... You don't got to bitch and complain. You can reach out to me directly and bitch and complain and say how much my opinion or take or sound of my voice might suck. You don't have to ruin the experience and push it down for the rest of us. But I hope you're enjoying everything. I hope you're rating me five stars. I hope you're staying subscribed. I hope you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, where I primarily host this site and prominently share the listening ability, and no matter how you're listening to it, no matter the apps that I may be on that I'm not aware of, such as TuneIn.fm, I believe I'm also featured on. Amazon Alexa features ways to listen to your podcasts. I'm working my way on Spotify. I might be up there by now, for all I know. No matter how you're listening to me, I cannot thank you enough. There is no show without your go. Thank you for listening to episode 82, my longest episode in a long while. My throat is sore, and I still got a lot of cheering and chanting to do, TakeOver and WrestleMania weekend. I hope to meet a whole lot of you there. I hope to see and interact with some of the best fans in the world on Friday. Have a great and safe WrestleMania weekend. Travel safely if you're coming into New York City, no matter where you're coming from. That's the number one key. We are all here for the same reason, and that is to have a great time. I am CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. I'll talk to you next time. Team NXT.